0: We are getting ready to go to Paris, my friends. Joseph Valtellini, former welterweight champion of the world, alongside me, myself, and I. Todd Grisham, I'm in my mother's basement as usual. Joe, are you pumped to be headed back to Europe?
1: I'm really excited. Uh, we've had some good shows in Paris. Um, we've been to Nice last time. And the first time we've called the show
0: together was in France. So that's exciting. That's right. That's
1: right. Yeah, Our first broadcast call was in Nice together.
0: Yeah, down near the French Riviera. We had just strolled the beach holding hands. We really bonded. Got that chemistry going. Yeah, a
1: moment I'll never forget.
0: Yeah. Hey, well, we got a special guest coming up. Uh, We'll be hearing from Paul Nichols, the referee for Glory Kickboxing, one of the distinguished referees. I got to speak with him yesterday, so we'll roll that interview in just a second. But we got to talk about the main event coming up in Paris, Glory 42, Doom Bay versus Holskin, the rematch for the welterweight championship. As you studied taping, tapes, Joe, as you've done your research, what more can you tell us about this matchup that maybe we're not thinking about?
1: Well, I still think it's going to be the same fight as last time, but the biggest difference to me is I think there's a fire under Nikki right now, and watching those Inside Glory shows and those pre-fight interviews, he needs to get out there, and he needs to just lay it out on the line. He's been... Um, there was some criticism with Nicky that he was being too relaxed, holding back a little too much in his previous fights. But I think this fight, you know, at collision with the first one with Doombay really sparked the fire. So I think he's going to come out banging and really put in that pressure. So um, I think it really depends on what Nicky comes that's going to make the difference in this fight.
0: Well, we saw Congolo put a lot of pressure on Bay, but He just couldn't hit him. Is it going to make that big of a difference with, with Holskin applying pressure? Well, I think has Holtzkin
1: will stay in the pocket a little bit more, where Kongolo was a little bit more in and out, which made it um, easier for Doombay to move, where I think Nikki's a little bit more intelligent on staying a little bit closer, and I think that's how you beat Doombe. you got to stick to him like glue from the beginning. Don't let him move. Don't let him be too slick. And look to attack his body. You don't want to hit his head because he's too slick.
0: Yeah. Uh, another great fight, Um speaking of Congolo, will be the headliner of the Supervite series, also in Paris. He's taken on a guy named Ledon, is his last name, Johan Ledon, and I've watched his fights and, man, this guy is good. He actually beat Dumbay three years ago. This guy's legit. I'm surprised he hasn't been on a, on a glory card before. Yeah, he's really good. He's fought, man, top guys in the division. Like, you've seen, he's fought guys
1: like Yoltsin Kly and um, top different names. Like, I, Let me pull up a few that he's fought, which makes it insane, um, the experience he has. Um, let me see here. Nice but, work, joke. You can't do this before, well, this well, before we start fought, the show. He's a win over Murat Gregorian, which is huge, but yep. that's a 2011 fight. He's fought Kareem Gaji three times. Um, he's fought Yotin Klai, which those um, Muay Thai fans watching know how big that is. He's fought John Wayne Parr, um, Carapet, who was another glory contender, he has a win against Bay. fought guys like Cosmo Alexander, Steve Mox, and so this guy's really legit and has over a hundred and I think 40 professional fights, which is insane. So, yeah, he's really experienced and deserves
0: that, that big shot against, uh, Congolo. Not to mention, he just, he just had, I believe, two fights in one night on May the 20th. Do you have that in front of you? Saw that. He I just won And he accepted this the, the
1: tournament. But I, I saw his last fight. He scored, I think, three knockdowns and got the decision in his last fight. But, yeah, he's good. He's powerful.
0: He's technical. He's experienced. I think he's going to give Kongolo a very tough fight. And in that that final that you were just talking about on May the 20th, it it looked like uh, his kicks weren't being effective. So he just decided, I'm going to box a little bit and just destroyed the guy. So he's got several weapons. He can go low. He can go high, hands, feet, knees, whatever. Yeah, he boxes well. He's got some good kicks
1: on the outside, Muay Thai experience, kickboxing experience. He boxes well, comes from a good camp. Um, He comes from the same camp as Dylan Salvador, I believe the former camp of Fabio Pinca. So, yeah, he's got a good team behind him too.
0: All right, uh, without further ado, I mentioned that we have an interview with Paul Nichols. I got to speak to him yesterday, some very controversial uh, knockdowns or not knockdowns recently, especially at Holland. So let's hear from him now. And here he is, without his referee shirt on. He looks so handsome. (laughs) Paul Nichols, thanks for joining us. Where are you right now?
2: I'm sat in my living room. Um, I'm chilling out. I just finished work. It's uh, 7.15 here at night now, so uh, obviously it's not nice and warm and sunny where you are. The evening is upon us, and uh, yeah, it will soon be dark. So you're in England? In Blighty. Yes, I'm in Blighty. Good old England. Blighty.
0: All right. Well, hey, thanks for, for coming on the show. The first... Question I have for you is one that me and Joe always argue about on the broadcast. What constitutes a knockdown? Obviously there's some that are that are black and white. But when a when a fighter goes to throw a kick, gets hit with a shot and goes down, that seems to be the gray area. Explain it to us.
2: Okay, so constitute a knockdown is anything more than two soles of the feet which is uh, rendered to the canvas or whether it would be the opposing fighter supporting them from going down or whether it would be the ropes holding them up. So that is a clear, definitive knockdown. However, um, there is scenarios of what we would call a flash knockdown, which we would wave off. Um, there was an incident in 41 where you know, it was the featherweight tournament, and I uh, can't recall the fighters, but basically there was a quick um, knockdown, and he literally, it's a, it's a bounce. You know, uh, his knee touched the canvas. As he touched the canvas, he bounced straight up. Um, and it's classed as a flash so as a referee we can uh deem that as not a definitive knockdown and saying it's classed as a flash so we overrule that
0: in boxing however that's i know you're not a boxing referee but that is constituted as a knockdown anything besides the soles of the feet touches even if it's a flash knockdown it's a knockdown
2: yeah it's down to referee discretion okay so, so it's how we deem, uh, was it a damaging strike? It's again, you know, was there, there's, there's other instances. Um, there was always the famous one I was asked multiple times, the Nicky Holstein v uh, Congo uh, fight, when he took the uh, liver kick. Now Nicky went down, um, and obviously the question was, half the audience, that was a knockdown, half, no, it wasn't. Now, uh, in my opinion, at that split second, I deemed that more of a slip. Um, If you look at how Nicky slid across the floor and bounced up, again, when he received the kick, there's no expression of pain. Um, He didn't double up and he's straight back up. So, you know, and this is where we uh, use the discretion and we look at it from all aspects and how the fight is going. And, and, you know, we'll wave it off as you've seen it multiple times. You know, I will wave off what I don't deem as a definitive knockdown or a damaging strike and we also have to take into account, was the fighter fully balanced? Because, again, a fighter can take sometimes, you know, at that point, um, when Nicky received his, he was checking the kick. So he was at, both soles of the feet weren't firmly grounded. So, again, would he have gone down if both soles of the feet were firmly grounded? So these are the questions that we have to look for.
0: Do you go back and watch your fights and sometimes Every say, time. do you go back and say, <laughs> I should have called that a knockdown or vice versa?
2: Absolutely yeah, i'm my biggest critic uh, and again it's it's how we learn it 's how we evolve you know um, every every fight is different, so I will always review them and I also you know there's a very select audience that I will phone and ask their honest opinion um, you know and it's constructive criticism if i' you know if i haven't made the call correct you know i'll take that on board and it's a learning exercise we we learn every day
0: what's the most difficult part of your job
2: um difficult um keeping the emotions between the fighters professional i'd have said um trying to not make it too personal and just ensuring that they uh adhere to the rules pretty much um from a glory perspective the most difficult is enforcing the clinch you know we it's time and time again trying to enforce the no clinch rule. um yeah take it take, I've always back, found- t-
0: take it back take us back to uh uh, Glory in Holland just a couple of weeks ago, Michael Duke, that fight yeah. you eventually just said he obviously doesn't want to fight. Is that basically what it boiled down to?
2: Yeah, it was. I mean, you know, there was obviously the, the first warning um, and then there was a t- followed by two further warnings. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, if a fighter is continuing to clinch, he's not allowing uh, his opponent to attack fairly. Um which, you know, it constitutes as a foul all the time. So that's what we're there to do. You know, we have to enforce the rules. And if it's clear and evident that it's not going to progress and allow the attacking fighter to, 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 you know, to use all the uh, tools that he has, we've got to step in and make the call.
0: And one other thing I've noticed, uh, I think it happened this uh, either in Holland or in Denmark, a fighter turned his back on his opponent, was injured in some way or was kind of, oh, this hurt. And you gave him a, it looked like a standing eight count.
2: Should yeah, you that's have, correct. Should you have done um, Again, it's, um, we err on the side of caution. So when, uh, and i recall the fight exactly, so at the given point of when it happened, um, I didn't know whether it was self-inflicted. So what I did was, its benefit of the doubt, the way that he turned, I wasn't 100% sure whether he was turning and walking away because um, he had had enough and he didn't want to continue with the fight or whether it was a self-inflicted injury. If it's a self-inflicted injury, we now, have to give them that count. Now, what's self-inflicted mean? He
0: punched himself okay, so in the face?
2: No, no. no <laughs> so self-inflicted, you know, they can uh, twist the ankle, twist the knee. Right. Um, I remember the very, very first um, bout that I refereed for glory, which was uh, Paris 28. Um, first, first fight, first round, uh, the guy threw his shoulder out. So he basically popped his shoulder out, um, indicated, holding his shoulder Indicated that he self-inflicted uh, injury. So, again, you know, the opposing fighter, send him to the neutral corner and you begin the count. Um, as it transpires, he was okay to uh, continue. But if I recall, I think he uh, it finished in the second round.
0: So so there are no standing eight counts unless there's a self-inflicted wound? That's correct. Got it. Okay. And last question, what's the one – maybe it is the knockdown rule. What's the one rule that fans, maybe commentators – constantly get wrong and judge you on and get you mad where you're like, listen, these guys don't know what they're talking
2: about. And it's, again, it's about the standing count. You know, the amount of uh, calls I've got, uh, messages, it's like, why didn't you interject and give him a standing count, you know, to prolong the fight? You know, there is no standing eight count. Uh, You know, it's not K-1. It's glory. The idea is to knock your opponent out. It's not for the referee to interject to give them time out to recover, to regain, and then for the fight to continue.
0: Well, it's interesting because I've called WWE, I've called boxing, kickboxing, MMA, and it seems like kickboxing, there's the most pressure on referees to actually help the fight go and help the fight be action. You know, UFC, sometimes yeah. the refs will stand them up, but you guys constantly have to make sure these guys are getting it on because it's only a three-round fight.
2: That's correct. It's about, you know, from, you know, if you, if you introduce the standing stand count, it's about the longevity, trying to keep that fight going and going. At the end of the day... You know, we see it, Glory 35, Nice, the heavyweight tournament. Um, I know that he fought out of Coliseum, um, and he took, you know, heavy uh, shin kick. Uh, I think it was one of the Wildness brothers. Yeah,
0: Jafar Wilders.
2: Yeah, and, you know, he took the shin kick to the head, and he was pretty much standing there dazed. He was rocking. Um, but again, you know, if that had been K1, I would have interjected at that given point and given him a standing count. Um, but it's not. It's glory. Yeah. Hence, I stepped back, and the next thing you know, it's <laughs> crack, and he's hit canvas <laughs> and didn't make the count. But that's the rules, yep. you know, and that's what we have to adhere to.
0: Well, hey, you do a great job All when all things are said and done. Obviously, we're going to have our issues with you, but that's, that's the nature of the beast, right? No one's going to agree with you 100% of the time.
2: Absolutely. You know, um, the thing that I always say is, you know, everyone's entitled to their opinion. But unfortunately, it's my opinion that counts.
0: (laughs) Boom, (laughs) mic drop. All right, Paul. Thanks for the time, man. You look great. Can't wait to see you in Paris. Talk to you soon.
2: Okay, man. Take care. Cheers. Bye.
0: So there you have it, Joe. Are you more educated now on what is and what is not a knockdown? Well, I still think I'm very confused um, in general. I mean, I think
1: a lot of those calls that these referees have to make are just on a split second. So it's very difficult. But – Man, that the, the the glove touching the ground as a flash knockdown versus knockdown, I think it's very tough. I think that rule could be there to protect these referees because it's very hard to see everything. And, man, it's tough. That's the one position I don't want to be in. I honestly think it's one of the, the most difficult. No matter what happens, half of the people are going to hate you. So that's not very good odds. Yeah, hey, well, well, It's kind of like us, even with us calling fights sometimes. I mean, sometimes when we have to pick the winners you right? mm-hmm. I right. say
0: the Just half the people hate us. I would say 80% of the people hate me. You're, you're being too generous, but I'll take half. Thank you. Hey, uh, I've got to give a shout out here. I don't think I've done this before, but i got to give credit right now to Myrtle Brunhardt. Let me tell you why. Because Absolutely. he won a contender tournament, right? He thought he was going to be next to fight Doombe. And they said, nope, you're not going to fight Doombe next. We're going to put you in a fight against Harut Gregorian, right? He said, mm-hmm. fine, I'll fight him. Well, Harut gets hurt, so they change his opponent on like a week's notice. And what does Myrtle say instead of No, I'm not fighting?" He goes, "Bring him on." He beats him, thinking, "I'll fight for the welterweight championship next against Doombay. They go, "Nope, you're fighting again. You're going to fight Harut Gregorian in three weeks in Paris." And you know what he says? "Bring it on." I mean, that, okay. that that is a fighter's heart. That is a champion. These those are the kind of fighters we need, not just in kickboxing but around the world. Those are the guys that bring it. So props to Myrtle Grunhardt for what he's doing for this sport and for for what he's doing for his legacy because people won't forget this stuff.
1: Well, it's big because he's been around so long too and he's fought everyone in the world. It's tough for him to stay motivated and active and all that all he wants is that title. So he's chasing that title. And the funny thing is, even his last fight, he's fought Nikki what, three times now? Yeah. And now their last fight, he was like, you know what, never again, this is over. We're not going to have this fight again. What's going to happen if Nicky wins, Mer- uh, Grunhart wins, we see number four, which wow. I mean, wow. it's crazy.
0: But he could have easily have said, hey, I'm not going to fight Harut Gregorian. I've already earned my title shot by winning this contender tournament. I'm just going to sit back and wait for it to happen, which UFC fighters do all the time. But instead, he's going to fight twice yeah. no, in sure. three weeks.
2: Basically, yeah.
0: Yeah, so big ups to Myrtle Grunhart. Let's break down that uh, fight against Harut Gregorian, who had to pull out. Uh, of their first schedule, because uh, of a broken toe or something. Yeah, I think so.
1: Yeah, I don't think Grunhart thought that was a valuable excuse to pull out. But man, a broken toe is a tough thing to go past. But who knows? So what but happens in the like, ring? What happens in the ring? What happens there with what this fight with yeah, Harut Grunhardt and uh, Gregorian? I think it's gonna be fireworks. I think Grunhart has the option now. I think it's gonna come down because we know Harut has one way of fighting. And he's going to come forward. He's going to try to land his power shots. Where I think it's going to come down to how Myrtle decides to take this. Which I think, with Myrtle's aggression mindset, I think he's just going to come forward. So I think these two are just going to clash. That's Can't my wait. perspective. I think another, just clash.
0: another interesting uh, matchup is Sergei Adamchuk, who was stunned beyond belief that he lost to Pet Panmorung. So too yep. was his his coach Mike Passenier out of uh, out of the Netherlands. They both were shocked that. Panamarung's kicks were more than – or valued more than Adam Chook's punches. But either way, he's back in the ring. He takes on Dylan Salvador. Your thoughts, Joseph?
1: Well, Salvador's last fight was against Sitachai at lightweight. Uh, this He's coming down to his natural weight. He's going to featherweight to take on Adam Chook. I think it's a tough fight. Both very technical. Um, both self-pause, which uh, I mean is um, – Always makes for an interesting fight because Southpaws are used to fighting Orthodox fighters. So it's actually different for a Southpaw to f- fight another Southpaw. But I think it's a technical fight and we're just going to see high class. Do I have a prediction for that one? Not at all. I think it's very very evenly matched. 50
0: 50 oh,
1: fight. Not much, more, not much more to say about that. I think Salvador's more experienced than Adam Chuck, but Adam Chuck has that power go forward style. Um, I don't know. To me, that's a toss up. I really can't pick a winner on that one. Do you, whats your thoughts
0: if you're coaching adam Chook, considering he's been on the wrong side of a couple decisions he's you know do you change your style at all or do you say it's just a matter of time before these judges start to figure it out
1: well he was getting all of these decisions before i don't know what the difference is now when he first started in glory he was just winning all of his fights and then all of a sudden he's been getting some bad luck in his last recent fights but for him maybe it means to be more active maybe it means to Sit in the pocket a little bit more, exchange more, uh, put more power, and get. Because when he first came in, he brought in a lot of that power style, where you really saw him coming in, use hard low kicks. But then he kind of went with more footwork and movement. So I want to see that, you know, Adam Chuck that comes forward and really looks to land his power combinations. I think he needs to really put on a a big performance here to to to
0: solidify his position as the top. So and let's not let's not forget Salvador is French. We're, We're fighting in Paris. A lot of French fighters. On the car. What's it like to be there in Paris for kickboxing? Outside of the Netherlands, Paris might be our biggest market.
1: I think so because I think the French fighters are really putting it on. Uh, you got to think Salvador was a title contender. Um, Freddie Camayo did a good job at, um, you know, in his lightweight, uh, light heavyweight fight. You know, we have Zenadine Lane from France, Nicolas Wamba. Um, there's just good talent all over in France and they're performing and the audience and the crowd has been amazing. They've been one of our biggest draws,
0: outside of maybe Holland. So yeah, let's keep going to France. And we've got a, as always on Glory, we've got a contender tournament. I know you're especially excited about this one. Why?
1: Why? Because there's, you know, there's three. I don't know one of the fighters um, in it yet, but we get to see Chris Byer back, who had a, you know, no one thought he would come and beat Josh Johnson, which was crazy. So I'm excited to see Baya back. Moiseev, another perfect fighter to, to, to be in this tournament, has been on some unlucky decisions. So he's back. You know, Nicholas Larson, again, we could talk days about that guy. I
0: love Larson. We love Larson.
1: Yeah. We got
0: nice shirts, the I am with Larson. <laughs> he did give us a free t-shirt. Hey, yeah. free t-shirts go a long way. Any fighter who's watching right now, bring me and Joe a free t-shirt. We're you not going to shit on you during commentary. We're going to love you. That's it. Yeah, We'll maybe move you from that 80% to that 20%. (laughs) Yeah, man. So how are things going up there in Toronto? I know you're having dinner with John Franklin tonight. We're trying to get a glory card in Toronto coming up late fall. What's the latest? Well, I think we're right now
1: looking at different venues to have it here. Um, I don't want to spoil any of the news. I don't know what I can and can't share, but it's looking positive. So all the Canadians and uh, Torontonians out there, um expect the glory card um this year so i'm excited it's a dream come true for me and i think the city is really going to stand up and show and i think eventually um it's going to be my job to make sure that toronto becomes the new hotspot for kickboxing now That's people, may,
0: people may not know but kickboxing professionally at least is not allowed in toronto what's what's the latest on that Well, we have
1: a new commissioner that um, is helping with the language because years ago, I I don't know, it's a long story. It's Years ago in legislation, they put this terminology that kind of excluded kickboxing with low kicks. The old commissioner didn't want to change the rules in the language. This new commissioners coming in, so things are happening. It sounds so weird that we have
0: UFC. It's ridiculous. We couldn't have kickboxing yet. And they're worried about low kicks? They don't worry about UFC guys kicking each other in the face?
1: They must have watched my low kicks. That's uh, why dangerous, dangerous right. weapon. Now uh, you know right.
0: I've been a big proponent of. If we come to Toronto, you having one final match against Kareem Ben Mansour, yes. Yes. headline the super fight series. What's the latest on that? Is that a, a, at least a remote possibility?
1: I'm gonna be honest. Sometimes I train, in that your thoughts flashes in my head. And yeah. when I'm still, I would love to. Don't get me wrong. I would love to. Let's say it. I'm possibly thinking. Yeah, this. maybe. Let's keep everyone interested.
0: Yeah, let's keep everyone interested. Uh, if you guys ever have a question you want me to ask Joseph here on the podcast, reach out to me on Twitter at Grisham MMA or uh, Joe. If you want to give me your handle, they can contact you directly. Can they not? Yeah,
1: at Bazooka Joe V. But even on the YouTube, um, if you're watching through YouTube or the other, um, you can always put some comments in. Maybe ask people we want you want to see some questions about Todd Grisham. We'll see.
0: <laughs> There's always questions about Todd Grisham. How also, was your uh, UFC check, check How out your- gloryshop.com. <laughs> we got some some new gear you can wear, especially that, that Glory 41 Holland shirt. It's got the lion on it, like this. Really cool shirt. That's, that's, that's one of my on
1: favorite it. shirts. People at my gym were trying to steal it.
0: Yeah, it's a great shirt. Awesome. Well, all right, buddy. Hey, uh, I'll see you in Paris here in a couple days. And who's our special guest next week? I know we're going to have a fighter on the show. I don't know who it's going to be yet. Is it going to be Bay?
1: Maybe. He'd be fun to
0: have on. Holskin, Another good guy to have on. <laughs> had, good. We've had We've had Grunhardt. I'm waiting Maybe to say a name, and on. you go, no, wait, he'd a be bad scratch. to have on.
1: Who would be bad?
0: Yeah, who would not be good? You know who wouldn't be good? Dylan Salvador, whose English is not that bad, but at the weigh-ins for his last yes, fight, Yeah, I remember that. I called him in front of everybody, and I said, all right, Dylan, in English, how excited are you to get this opportunity against Siddichai? And he goes, he just stares at me, a blank stare. And would not talk, and everyone starts laughing at him, and he starts speaking French, and then stumbles away. And I go, "What's what happened?" He goes, "I didn't want to do English. I didn't know what to say."
1: You basically told him to get out of here. After yeah,
0: I (laughs) I did say that. I said, "Get out of here!" Get out of here, man! What are you doing? Yeah, at least say all you got to say is, "I'm very excited about the opportunity, and I hope that I can please the fans." But his English is better than my French. That's for sure.
1: Are you gonna ask him a question again or no? Did he I mean, lose his chance?
0: Well, now he can speak French because we're in France, so I'm sure he'll be completely fine with that. True. I don't know. All right, buddy. Uh, can't wait Man. to see you. Excited about that Dube Holskin fight? Those don't come around too often. Those fifty yeah. fifty title fights.
1: You going fifty yeah. fifty on it, eh?
0: Oh, you're not. What are you going? No, no. Hey,
1: hey. Why you taking? You just got excited there, but no. I think it's. I gotta go 50 50 but I, like I said that fight depends on Nikki
0: and the type of fight he wait does. wait why were you calling me out for going 50 50 and then you say 50 50. I don't know I
1: was trying to create some heat
0: here so you're not gonna go 41 you're not gonna go 51 49 for Doombay?
1: Depends the Nicky. Oh, come on.
0: You. For God's sake, Joe.
1: If we if we create a situation and you say, okay, if this Nicky comes out, and then I might be able to switch my percentage. How about this?
0: What you know right now, going into the fight, gun to your head, who's 51 If Nicky
1: fights the same way he fought last time, Dumbay by decision.
0: If, if Nicky fights the night fights of his life.
1: Same lo- way. If he waits too long, if, he, if he's constantly just looking for single counter shots. I got to go with Bay by decision. If Nikki comes out a little bit more active, a little bit more aggressive, stays in the pocket, really looks to use his low kicks and hits the body well, and then I can give that 51 49, Nikki Holsey.
0: All right. I, I think either way, it's going the distance. I don't see either guy getting a knockout. That's I just agree. Me. All I right, agree. brother. We, we'll win we'll the show on an agreement. That doesn't happen too often.
1: No, no. We'll All probably right. argue about it another few more times, but we're good.
0: Thanks for watching the official Glory Kickboxing podcast. Make sure you keep it around for, what, the day before or maybe two days before Glory yeah. 42 in Paris. We'll be dropping a new one with special guest question mark. We don't know who it is yet, but it'll be good. We'll see you then, everybody. Well, see Take care. Who you want. Write down who you
2: want.